Welcome to the Blends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids as well as adults is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity and history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right, now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I'm your host, Troy Rice. On today's show, we have artist, painter, nature enthusiast, Brianna Manning. Brianna was raised uh, taking family trips to the lake, which is where her passion and exploration for painting moments captured on the shorelines comes from. Brianna hopes to inspire others to carry memories spent with loved ones on a visited shoreline and the gift that water brings to us all. Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Brianna, the first thing that we ask every guest is what does creativity mean to you? So I think there's a few different ways you can break it down, but what I wrote in my notes were (laughs) that it's, I look at it as this innate desire to use the materials and the things around you to make something from it. And I really do think it's something that is born inside humans. And I think it's a unique human characteristic, right? It can separate us from, from animals. This idea that we see these things around us and we want to make something, maybe it's to solve uh, a problem, you know, maybe it's to, um, just because we want to make something new and experiment, or maybe it's just to play. So I think there's a different couple different purposes to it, but I think creativity on the whole comes from this idea of there's these things that I see around me, these materials, and what can I make with them? And I think, at least for me, some of the best creative moments come from times where I'm almost limited in what I have available and I have to figure out what to do with it, you know? And I think back to, I think a lot of that comes from being a kid, right? And just using these things that you have to make something new from it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I conceptualize it. Awesome. So, you know, it fits well nicely into this podcast, obviously the name of it is Ben's breaks and, and breaks. And so the, the concept of that is like, sometimes what prevents many of us from creating anything is we think it has to be an original, uh, but it doesn't have to be an original and many things are not. It's been shaped by something else like you alluded to as an environment. Yeah. So you mentioned kids in there. So let's yeah. let's go back on a journey a little bit. So where where does creativity start for you? Can and you can go back as far as like when you were five to just yeah. a few years ago. It's totally up to you. But where do you start to notice this journey into creativity? And maybe like explain some of the influencers along the way and kind of what got you started to where you are today. So 
where I grew up, my home and our home, you know, we share our hometown, but in, in my hometown, um, there's just a lot of field, right? Just a lot of open area to explore. And our, our family home sat on 10 acres and across the street was a wooded lot. And so I think it started from being outside for me. And I'm still inspired by the outdoors today as it's reflected in my painting. Um, but I remember as a kid, I would call, we'd call it um, rainwater stew. <laughs> we would just be outside and there's an old wheelbarrow, you know, sitting by the pole, the pole barn in our yard and things would collect there from the rain or, you know, leaves would blow in there. And I just remember we'd take it and we'd be like, you know, adding acorns and grass clippings yes. <laughs> and pretending like it was our, 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 like a feast and we'd, you know, take it to each other and pretend like we were serving it. But that's, that's kind of what I was meaning with like taking elements or materials, thinking about that as a kid, I see my own kids doing that in our yard where it's almost better if I don't give them any toys out there mm. and they just find stuff in nature and then they just make things with it. And those are some of the memories that stick with me. Like, um, in the, I remember walking through the woods across the street as a kid and just like really looking closely at things, you know, like ex examining the bark, seeing, um, the grooves of it, watching like insects crawl in and out of fallen trees. And I think that that eye of like cultivating that as a kid of looking at things up close and just noticing things. And I think there's a lot of beauty in, in that when you look at things up close, there's so much beauty in nature. And so, yeah, I, I think that translates now to my art. Like I see it come out a lot in the way I notice things. I paint a lot of the um, waves and the lake shore. And when I'm even looking at how the water moves and how it crashes and what shapes are formed and what colors you see. And the same with leaves on the trees. Um, in college, when I studied art, one of the, one of my projects was going like our, my senior kind of capstone project was going back to that idea as a kid of playing in the woods and noticing the bark on the trees. And I did some mm. abstract paintings based on um, tree bark, you know, just looking at the colors and yeah. the movement and the shapes within tree bark. So um, yeah, I just think there's, I think so much of it starts from when we are, when we are kids. And that's why I think as a mom now, it's so important with my kids I was just, I was just telling somebody this today. I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not really their playmate. <laughs> like I'm not their playmate in their, like a tablet isn't their playmate. You know, they, they have each other, they have their siblings and they have the whole outdoors to yes. be able to play and explore. And I think it's so important. It starts as a kid of exploring, using materials, figuring out the world. Um, actually, I just was sitting at this this panel for something else. And there was a, there was a doctor who was talking and he was talking about why kids put things in their mouths, mm. you know, like little babies are always putting stuff in their mouth. Absolutely. And, and he, he made this point. He was like, you know, um, you, you haven't tasted like this carpet right here. Like as an adult, do you have any memory of like licking the carpet? You know, but if I told you what does carpet taste like, you could like bring it to your mind of what carpet would taste like. And you could do it with most objects around the house. Like you'd know what that notebook tasted like if you put it in your mouth. And he's like, and that comes from as a baby, 
putting everything in your mouth. It's just like the first way you explore the world. And I just thought that was a really cool way of thinking about that. Like from just from before you even have thoughts of really what exploration means or creativity that you're already starting to explore the world, even as an infant. And so I think yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And, and kids just want, they naturally just want to continue doing that as they get older too. So. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. I, that, that, that story brings me back to something I learned about babies and eyesight, like um, the ability for an infant to um, read your lips and your expressions and everything, because that's what communication is to them before they learn about how they can talk. And it's just one of those sensory concepts, right? Like you use your, your mouth and your tongue to sense your environment, to come up with your realities that you uh, know as a kid uh, to learn. And then also like your eyes, like what you learn to communicate. And so it's such fascinating things that maybe you can uh, somewhat agree on this too. Like we lose sight of, like as we get older, whether it's influences, environments, where we grow up, who we learn from, we lose sight of those things. Uh, which are really just rooted in nature. And, and we find our way back. Like some point we find our way back and that's kind of what keeps us grounded. Um, yeah. But I, do, do you have like it from influencers wise, like it's one thing to create the soup when you're a kid and just love every minute of that. Um, but did you have like, like your parents and things like that, that actually helped cultivate that as you continue to grow up as a kid where it felt normal? Uh, to be in those environments. And can you just talk a little bit about that, especially for some, some of us out there that maybe didn't grow up as a kid uh, experiencing those things? You know, I don't think my parents would say, say that they did anything really intentional. Um, but I think the thing that they did do was give me the freedom hmm. to, to do it. And I think that that is a challenge. I'm, I'm, with my kids, they're still pretty young. And so we haven't quite gotten to the point where things are scheduled, right? Like everything is scheduled. And it definitely got to that older, like later on in childhood, you know, especially getting into high school, played, played sports, you know, was involved in a lot of things. And so life did get more that, that way. But when I was young, it wasn't scheduled like that, right? Like in the summer, we just were home. <laughs> it wasn't like we were going to camps every day. We're just, you know, at home. And so I, I think that that is really important. I think it continues honestly into an adulthood. And the reason why a lot of adults lose sight of it is that creativity can't happen. And like, <laughs> it's very hard to make it happen. I'll say in little scheduled blocks of time. Right. Yes. And I think that it's so, I think it's the freedom that they gave us as kids, um, to, Sorry, I'm getting interrupted. Go, go see me now, okay? <laughs> you can edit it, right? No problem. <laughs> um, it's, I forgot to lock the door. It's the, okay, let me start over again. Where was I at? Um, yeah, the schedules oh, that we have. Yeah, well. yeah. So I think it's, it's important to give kids that space where they can just have the freedom to explore the boredom, really. I mean, we've, I'm sure you've, you know, talked about that concept, but yes. the idea of boredom being important and that leading to creativity 
And I know I told my parents I was bored. I'm sure of it as a kid, (laughs) but also, you know, look at the, and I know my parents were like, go outside. You know, if they did something for me as a kid, it was to tell me to go outside. And so that's what I would do over and over again was just go outside. And then before you know it, I mean, I know it now when we send our kids outside, like if they're fighting, that's always my answer now go outside. <laughs> and it's like, before you know it, they're not fighting anymore. They're into, they're exploring mm-hmm. something, creating their own little world out there. And so Yeah, I think that that's something that's so important as you, as you grow. And I think for me, it's interesting. I know you're saying at the beginning that COVID kind of helped that break, right. Of Mm -hmm. having a space and time has been, I know for a lot of people kind of a reset of like, Oh, it just was this big break from their, um, what their schedule always was. And for me, that was having, um, having a child. So I kind of, I was finishing grad school for not art, (laughs) for communication. And I was um, pregnant with our first child and I didn't have a job lined up, but then, you know, you have a child and they take a lot of your time. And so I ended up being home more than I thought I was going to be. And that's when I got back into painting again, was when I was home and had this space again to be able to do it. And I often say there's many different jobs that I had applied to or looked into over the time that I've been at home. But if any of those would have worked out, I'm like, I don't think I would be painting and creating the way I am now. And I really feel like that's what I was, I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel very motivated and passionate by it. And so I'm just really grateful that I've had the space to allow creativity to happen again. Cause I think that that's that's how we can lose sight of it a lot as adults is we just fill our lives and even our free time, you know, nice. with stuff that's preventing you from <laughs> being creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple of things call out there. Um, you know, I believe it was Henry Ford that once said that uh, the hardest thing for us to do is think. And he said that like 30, 40, 50 years ago. And I can't, I can't imagine that being any more true today with social media engagement distractions so much uh and then the rigid uh, concepts of you know getting a job or even creating your own job and then setting this rigid schedule and plan where you got to get as much done in your task management schedule that you can physically possible in one given day and what that doesn't allow you to do is think (laughs) and so what does thinking bring to you and in your story it, it brings you back to where you always wanted to be which i thought was amazing when you said that um yeah. and so i was wondering if you could touch a little bit on your practices and so uh, i think it's one thing for many of us that uh, have discovered our way back into or have always kept a creative practice so whether that's art painting um, creating businesses whatever that is but maintaining the creativity level, doing the practices, maybe even setting the table up for your, your kids to observe, like, because they're always watching, right? And so what does Brianna do on a daily, monthly, whatever basis that kind of just keeps you in the creative mindset? Uh, what do those practices look like? So I think there's, there's a couple levels to that. So first, there's like the inspiration practice, you know, gathering inspiration or becoming inspired to, to create. And I think that that is honestly just as important as then the actual practice and like exercise of physically creating. 
So for the inspiration for me, we, because we live just a short walk um, from the lake, it's Lake Michigan is in our neighborhood. And that's what I'm inspired by. If I'm ever in a rut or I feel cloudy or I'm just like, there's too many other things in my head going on in my head, walking down to the lake. Um, often I do it when the kids are in bed and go watch the sunset, take our dog down there and just being at the water, not with any plan, you know, not, I don't need to have my phone out, just being at the water. Um, that is always a reset for me and finding inspiration again. I always find I need to return to quiet, like you said, to find space to think. So yes. that's, that's a, that's a practice that I regularly do. I would say many times, multiple times a week is trying to make sure I walk back to the source of the inspiration for my creativity and my painting, which is the lake shore. And so going actually physically there is so important to, um, renew with that. And also there's days that maybe I can't make it down there, but even just going outside, <laughs> just like yes. going outside, taking a walk in our front yard lately, it's been seeing what's growing, like seeing things finally start to come up from the earth again for spring. So, um, yeah, gathering that inspiration. And then, um, yeah, on that one thing I want to say about inspiration I was thinking about was that I, I do like to be inspired by other artists. I think that's an important thing. I do get inspired by other artists, um, not just not just other painters, but even like interior designers, um, architect, architecture, just a lot of different types of art can be. Illustrators can be inspiring to me. But I think what can happen sometimes now with um, how easily we can access those is that it can... For me, I can sometimes find myself getting bogged down by that. There's just so much, you know, if I'm looking at other, what other artists are doing on Instagram or their, or their websites or on Pinterest, where I'm trying to get inspired that way, it can be, it can almost bog me down too much. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take like some of that I think is good and too much of it, it can make me lose sight of what I'm trying to focus on with my art. So, um, and then in terms of practice, like, like actually physically creating the art, I, um, I go through seasons with this because of how, um, I structure my painting. I, I create work in groups, like in a, in a collection or a series of work and then release it all at one time. And so when I'm in a season, like I am right now of creating, like continually painting, creating, I make sure I'm painting every single day. So I'm always, even if I can only get a little slice of time, I'm painting every day, even if I don't always feel like it, even if I make something really, it can be hard because there's days where I'm limited by time with our family schedule yes. and I can make something and I'm like, that, that looks like crap. <laughs> and I know it's bad. I know it's really bad because I've made things that I know are good, but you know, sometimes I have to leave my painting in a place that I'm like, that's really bad. Um, but I kind of made this little mantra in my head that I always will be like, okay, no, no canvas left behind. <laughs> like yes. I started this canvas 
I, the beauty about paint and the, the way I paint is I use, I use a lot of texture in my work anyways, so mm -hmm. I can always layer over it. Like I can't tell you how many paintings, there's a really bad painting underneath. If you ever saw underneath the layers of the painting, it's not good. And it wasn't supposed to be right. It's like part of that painting story. So I was actually just telling my husband the other day, I was like, I almost, I almost feel like if I paint something and it goes too quick that it just wasn't, it doesn't have the same value as something that really made me work for it. You know, mm -hmm. like a painting that really made me work to get to the point where some of my most proud work are the paintings that I know in my head, what they used to look like and they weren't great. And so, um, yeah, it's great when you get that painting that just like flies out of you and it's great, you know, that piece of work that you create, but most, most creative work, I don't think is like that. And I don't, know that it's meant to be right because that's the goal isn't necessarily the end product right part of the goal is just the creation of it in itself so yeah incredible so yeah. one so inspiration for sure which I thought was amazing that you said is you know sometimes we like to force creativity like if creativity is not a part of our day like and we hear that it should be or we see somebody else that's inspired us to do that we try to like how can I be more creative? But forced creativity sounds more like a struggle where inspirational based uh, creativity sounds more like a journey. And so I love how, kind of how you put that and even, you know, sharing that the water kind of helps you get there and, and water could be, you know, insert X for somebody else. Uh, but the inspiration is where the journey starts. And then the untold story behind the creative work, you know, we always see like these amazing things happening in somebody else's life let's say it's somebody we idolize or maybe it's uh you know someone we see as like a superhero we never really understand their untold story though right unless it's shared and really everybody kind of has that untold story and that's really where the magic happens yeah um, for sure and if anything if it's not shared with other people at least it's realized by you right you know the magic and i can even tell it makes you smile right it makes you smile even if it's the bad painting it you know, like the journey of the untold story behind the painting behind the painting is what makes you smile. So mm -hmm. beautiful. Well, very cool. So uh, I always want to give our guests a chance to share uh, what they're doing now in the world. And you've alluded to it a few times here with, with painting, but share a little bit about your paintings, um, maybe how people can find you. Are they available like for sale? Um, and so, you know, how, how can people interact with you? So I am creating, I'm painting primarily in oil paint and acrylic paint. Okay. Um, I paint on wood canvases mostly, sometimes the generic canvas, but a wood canvas is essentially like a piece of wood mounted on a wood frame. And I like painting on that because um, sometimes I also carve into the wood mm. with a Dremel tool and kind of carve to add some relief texture to it. So I've done that in the past as well. Um, but how, how I'm painting is um, in what I mentioned was like a collection or a series of works. So I, I create a body that's related to each other, um, the paintings in some way under some sort of uh, theme and then um, create them and release them for people to purchase all at the same time. And so that's a model that I've seen 
um, other artists do who are also um, self-represented, which I am. So if you're familiar with that, the idea is that I'm not selling my work through a gallery, I'm selling it myself. So, yes. um, and I sell my work through my website, um, which is just briannamanning.com. And a lot of people have heard about my work through word of mouth um, at this point, you know, people telling other people. A lot of it is a lot of people are local to West Michigan, a lot of um, connections, you know, through um, my college alma mater and that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, right now I'm still selling my work primarily um, online and I sell prints um, of my original, like, so printed copies of my original work that you can print art prints to frame um, for your home as well through my site. And um, I, so currently I am working on my next collection. I just, I released my last one in February. I'm hoping to do four a year at okay. this point. So the next body of work I, that I'm working towards right now, I'm hoping end of May, early June, and that this collection is inspired by the lake as all my work has been. And it is, um, I'm calling it, I haven't even shared this yet really, but um, I'm calling it the Mother Lake series. And so it's this idea of this great, big life-giving lake that we have with Lake Michigan, this like beautiful resource that gives life to so much. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the paintings are a close-up look at waves, which I've done some work like this in the past, um, where I've done a few close-ups of waves, but that's what all of these will be, or a close-up um, work where it's a little bit more abstracted, the, the works are a little bit larger. So that's what I'm working on um, right now. This summer I will be, I will be at, it's called the Maid Market, and it's going to be downtown Grand Rapids at the GOE Center on um, July 16th. And I'll have my work in prints there, which is fun. I've been limited in how much I can do because of my obligations to my family. Um, but as the kids get older within the next year or so, I'll be able to do more and hopefully be in the community more and more. So um, I also, um, probably I would say Instagram or Facebook are the best places to keep up with what I'm currently doing. So I share on there um, and it's at Brianna Manning Art. And so I, I like to share with, you know, what new work I'm working on um, and updated things that way. I also have an email list too that you can sign up through my website um, to be updated on the, the work. But yeah, I'm, I'm continuing to paint. I feel really... Um, I, I've seen enough. I have a good friend who's an artist and has been at it longer than I have. And she's, it's just, I feel this strong conviction that this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm okay at slowly building it. Like, I love the idea that I'm going to be painting when I'm in my eighties. So yes. <laughs> I, I, I love thinking about this as like a lifelong pursuit. And I, I feel like I have this an approach to it that I never could have had if had I pursued a painting career right out of college. I just don't think I had, I don't know, maybe the confidence or the, the endurance to kind of get through some of the roadblocks that can come up when you're sharing your work. And yeah. um, I just don't, 
I don't really have that anymore, um, which I'm grateful for. I really feel like I'm supposed to be sharing my work and that if you have this, if you have a creative talent that there's also a responsibility to share it, right? And to inspire mm. others to then share their talent as well. And so it doesn't always matter, that even if it doesn't matter that everybody loves it, <laughs> right? That's everybody cool. doesn't have to love the product that you're creating. That doesn't make it less important. So I, I feel like I've come around to, <laughs> to that. And um, I'm on the other side of that where I know it's important to keep creating and painting. And I, it's just been really cool to see some of the things that have come from doing it in the short time that I have. I've really only been an established like business <laughs> since 2021. So I'm coming up in like a year of being a business, um, yeah, selling yeah. my art. So um, I'm really excited to see where it keeps going, where it continues to go. So that was a very powerful message in the middle there. And I just want to add the sentiment yeah. that you said that it is your responsibility to, to share with others the creative art of what you yeah. build. And obviously yours is, is painting, but that's a message to anybody. Like your yeah. creative uniqueness, you have a responsibility to share it with the world. And I think that that's amazing, powerful message. We talked about this many times on this podcast, which is sometimes you go through this journey where you get to like age 70 or age 80 and you see um, that particular demographic write a book for the first time. And you're like, why write a book? Like, you're not gonna uh, really accumulate like wealth out of that or what are, what are you trying to achieve? And really you're trying to achieve of creating and leaving behind a legacy. And sometimes you've maybe done that and the book is like the last step or it's like the first step that you missed uh, along those many years uh, through rigidness schedules or whatever. Um, and so I love what you said there, like, own the responsibility to share what you create uh, with the world. Um, and don't let fear or other people's fear stop you from doing that. Very cool. Yeah, so thank you so much uh, for joining. Again, this is a treat. I know you kind of threw it out there a little bit in the middle, but uh, Rihanna and I went to the same uh, school, hometown school uh, years ago. So this has uh, been kind of a fun experience and a nice conversation. And uh, I really appreciate the insights. And thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, thank you to our listeners, as always, uh, for engaging in our content. You can find any of this uh, podcast on any streaming uh, channel, as well as uh, snippets on across social media. We will make sure that we share um, everything that Brianna mentioned as far as how you can get in contact with her. Instagram, Facebook, website, uh, even upcoming events here uh, locally in West Michigan and Grand Rapids. And uh, thanks again for listening to the bends, breaks, and blends that shape our future podcasts.